Luke chapter 10. If you get your Bibles out, take your Bibles out. And uh, this is going to be kind of a different structure message for us today. But in Luke chapter 10, in order for us to be priests on duty, I think we should listen to the original POD. Yeah. I think we should listen to the OG of the PODs, and that's Jesus Christ. And I love this context in Luke chapter 10 because, behold, a lawyer stood up. He interrupted Jesus. And this lawyer, uh, he, he asked this question. He says, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I think that's a great question. Many of us ask this probably on a weekly basis or when we first uh, come to faith. We go, God, how do I in inherit eternal life? How do I get to heaven? Right? How, do I, how do I make it there? And, and, and Jesus, and he said to him, what is written in the law, how do you read it? I love that Jesus didn't give him an answer, but he says, what have you read? What have you learned? Have you opened into God's word? Have you seen this in God's word? He goes, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, this is the lawyer. The lawyer said, well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbors yourself. So you should do all these things internally. Right? And say, I love Jesus internally, and then I'm going to love my neighbors myself. And Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly. Can you imagine how good that must have felt to a lawyer too? Like, ha <laughs> you know. Uh, like every good answer in church is Jesus. That's all you got to do, all right? Like, who loves you? Jesus? Yeah, you know. And he answered correctly, do this and you will live. You will have that eternal life. You will have that living water. You will, you will live. And then he says this, he, uh, desiring, and, and, but he desiring the lawyer to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who's my neighbor? I, I got to know these things. Who's my neighbor? I'm going to, if I love my neighbor, are there specific neighbors to love? You know, are there some that I don't have to love? Can I be real this morning? Are there some neighbors I, I don't want to love? And he goes, who is my neighbor? And, and in this context, they didn't understand that we're saved by grace through faith. It is not by works, right? But also we're created for good works. And so they're trying to find ways or loopholes to say, what can I do making them to heaven but still kind of live like hell? Yeah. Amen? And, and, and this, he goes, I love this. And who's my neighbor? I feel like this is every Christ father when we pray. Jesus, I need a yes or a no. And so he goes, who's my neighbor? And Jesus goes, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. <laughs> Am I being real this morning, right? Like, Lord, tell me once upon a time. You're like, I want once upon a time. Don't tell me a story. Like, there's people in your life that, that take forever to tell a story, don't they? Yeah. Pastor Lindsay's laughing because I'm one of them. <laughs> I'll do my very best today. It is a man, a man, just a man, a dude, a guy, a man, was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell amongst robbers who stripped him and beat him. And they departed, leaving him half dead. Now, this is a very popular story in the local church. And, and if you don't know this story, I love you. And, and I want to break down this story because sometimes we, 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 we think we know the story, but I want us to hear maybe the real reason why Jesus told that story. And so Jesus said, uh, there's a man going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He picked an area that everyone knew. Uh, I remember uh, in Las Vegas, how many know where Maryland Parkway is, right? How many know where Maryland and Sahara is? 
Uh, a few years ago, uh, when I was a youth pastor, Pastor Lindsay and I, we took a group of students down to Maryland and Sahara, to all those apartments right there. And what we were doing is we were going door to door for another church, not our church, but for another church's outreach. And we're going door to door and we're knocking on doors and we're like, there's, a, there's an event happening tonight that we're passing out flyers and it's starting, it's late afternoon. And I remember these two ladies were sitting out front of their apartment and they, <laughs> and they went, she said, you beautiful people better get out of here before it gets dark. And I was like, ah, you so funny. And she's like, no, for real. This is a little bit like going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And here's the map of Jerusalem to Jericho. Jesus said there was a man going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. This was a, this is 20, but it was about a 17-mile trek. It was about an eight-hour eight, eight hour walk. All right, they didn't have cars. They didn't have motorcycles, you know. And it was about an eight-hour walk. And so most people would go to Jerusalem to the temple. They would go to church. We complain of church is longer than eight minutes away. Can I get an Amen. Where's my 45-minute people, huh? You drove 45 minutes to get here, all right? And so there's an eight-mile walk. It is uphill. It is treacherous. But also going down, there's lots of curves and rocky areas for the robbers to hide. So they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. So Jesus said, this is a dangerous situation. And there was a man, and he got robbed. He got stripped. He got beaten. No one gasped at that moment of the story. They said, well, he shouldn't have been down there by himself. Well, I don't know what his deal is, you know. And so then Jesus begins to say, but then, by chance, a priest. Woo! A P-O-D, right? A priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He, was, he became Adele, right? Hello from the other side. Wow. Was that good? Was it really? We're done. We're done. Church is over. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Where's Abby? Oh, boy. And it said a priest was going down from that road. And here's the significance of it. The priest traveled eight miles uphill to go to Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, he had a job to do. He had to burn incense. He had to maybe preach a message, you know, maybe sing Adele in the temple, you know. Like, he had something to do. And after, after doing ministry in the temple, then he would turn and he would walk those eight miles down the road. And, and what happened was the priest was going down and he saw him and he passed him by. Uh, one evening, we were cooking and, and I think a family was coming over and Pastor Lindsay said, oh, no. Uh, oh, no, I, I'm missing an ingredient. Jeremy, can you go to Albertsons? Run to Albertsons. you got to be fast, all right? I'll, otherwise, I'll go, okay? And then, you know me. I'm lost at a grocery store. I'm like, where's stuff, you know? And she was like, be fast. Can you be fast? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fast. And I jumped in the car, and she said, get this spice, and it has to be this spice by this brand, right? The brand thing drove me off. And it's got to be this spice by this brand. And I run into Albertsons. I'm, I mean, I'm even running through the parking lot, you know, and people in Mountain's Edge, they drive crazy. And I get into the grocery store, and I, I'm trying to do this in record time. How many feeling the tension I'm feeling, right? I'm trying to do this in record time, and there's no employees. And, and I'm running around like, where's the spices? And this is the store that has taco seasoning. By, 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 by Thanksgiving stuffing. I don't understand it. And I'm running around. I see an employee. I go, oh, 
an employee. There's someone who can help me. You know, like I'm the guy on the side of the road, you know, and there's somebody who can help me. And I run up to her and I go, excuse me. And she had a knapsack, like a lunch bag. And I went, excuse me. And I looked at her and I said, oh, are you, are you working? And she goes, I'm on break. I'm on break. And I was like, can you, can, do you know, like, can I, you know, I'm such a people pleaser, you know, like, oh, sorry, you know, like, but I was like, is there anyway? And she goes, I'm off the clock. Right? I said, oh, that's awesome. Okay, I love you, you know. And uh, I didn't get angry. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a POD. Maybe. But the priest who went on the other side, his problem was he was a priest off duty. He was a priest off duty. And for our context, sometimes it's, hey, right now I'm, I'm busy. I need to go from point A to point B. Hey, right now, and I understand the tension of this priest. He's going to, he, he is traveling himself alone on a treacherous dangerous road as well. It's going to take eight hours. Man, if I stop, it might take 10 hours. It might take 11 hours. Man, I am simply off duty. And I felt that way many different times, but I want you to know PODs are always on the clock. And I hate it sometimes. PODs are always on the clock. But Second Timothy says, I love this, preach the word. Be ready to do it whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Whether you are ready in season or out of season. Correct, confront, encourage with patience and, 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 and instruction. We went to a conference, took our team down to Anaheim, California, our conference. Friends came in from Minnesota, and we were like, so good to see you. One of our overseers, and we told them, Matt, you, you guys want to go lunch? And they're like, yeah, let's go to lunch. And one of them said, I've never seen the ocean. I said, God forbid, you know. And so we drove from Anaheim to Laguna, went to a spot, right, a restaurant right on the ocean front. And they're like, whoa. And we're eating, we're laughing, we're catching up. And someone next to us, a great uh, older couple next to our, the table behind us, they heard something I said. And they were like, we love this restaurant too. And all of a sudden we're like, yeah, uh-huh. Kept talking back to each other, and then of course I'm an I'm an extrovert, so I'm just like blah, you know, and like like where are you guys from? Where do you live? And, and they interrupted our time away from our friends who are in Minnesota visiting California. But can I share that as we begin to talk, we begin to turn our chairs around. We begin to include this older couple into, into our conversations. And then we begin to learn that they recently had a son that died, an adult son that died. And next thing you know, Pastor Lindsay's standing up in the middle of the restaurant. Can I pray with you guys? And they're like, please, tears are in their eyes. All of a sudden, you know, us and three other pastors, we're laying hands on this couple in the middle of a restaurant with the ocean hitting the way, hitting shore. And we're praying over them. And they're going, thank you so much. And then we're like, is there a church near your house? There's a great church called Oceans. There's a great church called the Movement Church. We're giving them church names there. And I hope I hear about them from someday. But here was my big reminder. Interruptions are often God's divine appointments. And this is hard for the OCDs, you know, like a, a, a obsession control disorder is what I really want to call it. 
For those that say, no, 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 no. And here's what I've learned in ministry. Interruptions is my ministry. Interruptions is, yes, there's times when you cannot call me. You know, like there's times my phone may not work. Like there's times for that. But realize that interruptions are God's divine appointments, not just for me, but for all PODs. So then Jesus says, but likewise, that's, that's the priest. He's paid to do that. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw the guy on the side of the road, passed by on the other side. He passed him by on the other side. Now, a Levite, I want to read this. Levites were set apart to help the priests. They did the work of elders, deacons, custodians, assistants, musicians, movers, and repairmen. They were volunteers. They were A-teamers. They were, they were PODs. Jesus' story highlights the shortcomings of the priest and Levi because they were especially required to provide care. The ones who were required, you're supposed to, but you're off duty. But then it goes further on to say that the, the priest and the Levites were obliged by the law to help the victim, but the law also told them not to touch a dead body. They thought he was laying there dead. And because of their law at that time, not our Ten Commandments, but their priestly laws at that time, it says that they chose religious purity over service to a man in desperate need because they loved themselves more than their neighbor. That they loved keeping the letter of the law over loving a person in need. So they came from the temple, they were clean, but if they were touch him or help him, they would become unclean. What, what, how does that pertain to us today? PODs know that ministry is messy. Yeah. Right. Ministry is messy. It is, so, it, is, it is not cookie cutter. It's not easy. It's not clean. It is not ideal. It is, it, ministry is, is extremely messy. I remember uh, years ago at my previous church, a, a homeless guy got invited in. And this homeless guy, his name was Guy, which I don't think that was his name, but that's what he said his name was. What's your name? Guy. Okay, Guy. And when he was sitting in the back of the room because somebody invited him to church, he stunk. He smelled. I mean, people would move away from him, and you could just smell. I mean, it was a, it was a smell I've never uh, just, it was, it, was, it was, he didn't smell very good. And I remember he kept coming. And people kept complaining. Well, Pastor Lindsay and I said, let's get some clothes. And so we kind of guessed his size and went to Walmart or Kmart at that time. I blue light special. Went to Kmart, got some clothes, got pants, underwear, socks, a shirt, a toothbrush, hairspray, uh, all these different things. And we came to him and we said, guy, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but, but let's break into the Christian school locker room. And let's give you a shower. And he was like, okay. And so we went into the Christian school boys' locker room, and I gave him his clothes, and I said, go shower. Here's shampoo. Here's soap. Here's a razor. Here's all that you need. He got showered, and he got ready. He took forever, right? Like, like you understand breaking and entering. We got we to gotta hurry, you know? <laughs> and so he gets all clean, and he comes out, and I see him, and I go, God! I went to hug him, and I smelled, I smelled the, 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 you know, the you know, wonderful uh, shampoo, but then I still smelled his stench. And what he did was he put his old clothes back on, and he put his new clean clothes on top of his old clothes. I was like, guy, you're doing it wrong, but I didn't say it. I didn't say nothing. I was like, we had a bag for, for your old clothes. We could wash them. And he said, no, thank you. Then we went back into the service, and I'll never forget 
I was going, well, he, you know, uh, I mean, I, I guess you know, we, we helped him. And, but I remember the offering portion of the service. Guy gets up and he goes to one of our ushers holding a bucket of money from people's tithes and offerings. And the usher's kind of like, yo, dude, you know. And guy walks over and he pulls into his pocket a bunch of dirty dollar bills and gives it to the offering. Right? And that jacked me up. Because ministry is messy, but we have no idea what we did for him, but he has no idea what he did for us. Ministry is messy. Now, for us, I'm not saying we're just going to, you know, uh, go exclusively serve the homeless. You know what messy sometimes looks, looks like for us? Sometimes messy is leaving your world and going into somebody else's world. The way they do things. The way they think about things. Now, I'm not saying you live in their world, right? Because we are not of this world. But sometimes me messy can be getting your, even, even you know, I'll keep going. Even, even messy is it's a whole other message in itself. So Jesus said a priest came by and then a Levite came by. But this is what Jesus said. But then a Samaritan showed up. And when he said Samaritan, they all went, oh, What? And a Samaritan journey came to where he was. And, and maybe somebody in the crowd was even like, well, the Samaritan probably put him out of his misery. Probably killed him. Probably robbed him some more. But when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and he bound up his wounds. They believe he tore his sleeves and used his sleeves to, to wrap up his wounds. He, he took oil and wine out. And he began to pour it out onto his wounds to disinfect his body, to care for him. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an end, meaning it's messy, right? He put him on his, on, his, on his animal, his donkey, and he had to walk those eight miles all the way to an end down in Jericho. And then the next day... He, he, he took care of him. The next day, all night long, he took out two denarii. This is the equivalent of two months' worth of wages. Two months of wages. And he gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. When I come back. So the good Samaritan, he had compassion. He, he got messy. He definitely got interrupted definitely invested time into this guy, into this man, and he invested a whole lot of money. Money. Time is money, but as well as those two months worth of wages. But what's, what's so fascinating in the context of this story, when Jesus said a Samaritan, usually it was the Samaritans who would hide out in the rocks that would jump out and rob and beat and kill individuals traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Usually it was the Samaritans that, that, were, that were having intermarriage. or they, It was the Samaritans that didn't line up with the religious laws of that day and so they were considered unclean and not worthy. They were considered, if I go Bible terms, as, as the Gentiles. Not worthy to be around the Jews. That's why John chapter 4 is so powerful when Jesus approaches a Samaritan woman at the well. And I love this because the Samaritan was more likely helping someone that he hated, which means he was giving his love to an enemy. You know why ministry can be messy? Because we really don't get to pick and choose whom we love. Jesus does. Jesus does. Can you imagine being like, where are you from? Huh? That guy laying on the road, right? Like, like, like. What's your, have you done anything bad lately? Do you have a record? You know, like, 
Like, hey, I, like, do you, you know, is there cameras? You know, let me, let's, you know, like. But he loved someone that was supposed to be his enemy. And Jesus says this, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who showed them mercy. Amen. The one who showed them mercy. So we all go, great story, Jesus. Awesome. I'm leaving now. I'm going to go get some delicious food. You know. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, and Jesus said to him, you go and you do likewise. You go and you do likewise. You know, I think it was even, what, last summer? You know, my father-in-law and I, we, we hooked up a boat to my truck and we drove all the way down to, to the, uh, the river on the, uh, uh, the, on the uh, Hoover Dam side and down there the river as we're going through this, this little, uh, we exit off the 95 and we're going down to, to, to dock our boat and all of a sudden the boat starts shaking and we stop and we pull over and on the, on the trailer there's a wheel and the wheel's just destroyed. And we're going, oh, no, like, we, do, do, do you have a big jack? I got the little one, you know. And, okay, we got the little jack, and, and then our church guys are with us, Vassal's with us, and, and all that. And, and Steve's coming down the hill, and we're going, like, man, do, uh, okay, so man, this is going to take hours. And so, all right, let's do this, because, you know, can't, can't be grumpy in front of church guys, you know. And, and so grab the crowbar. We're trying to get the, the, the spare tire off. And I'm trying to think of ways that how can we get this boat in the water without. And all of a sudden, these guys pulled up. And can I just say, they're these redneck guys. And, and they showed up, and they pulled their big old truck. And all of a sudden, they got out, and he opened his, his tailgate, pulled out this ginormous jack, boom, yeah. And he was like, and we're like, whoa, hi, how are you? And he was like, what's up? older guy jacks our trailer up he had a impact drill like nascar you know what i mean like bah, bah, bah. takes the tire off all of a sudden his son who's older comes over to the bah, 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 grabs the spare puts it on and, and tom and i and the church guys are like we're like what in the world this is amazing this is incredible right and then they're like you want a beer we're like no here, you know, and, and so then all of a sudden we had a great, there's like, we come here all the time, there's sunburnt and, you know, river rats and all that, and we're like, thank you so much, can we give you any, no, no, you know, just, you know, random act of kindness, and get in their truck and they take off, and then we're going, that was amazing, but can I tell you, they didn't lead me to anything, they just restored my hope in humanity, right, <laughs> Amen. But being a POD is it's more than a random, random act of kindness. Being a POD is, is more than just being a kind human being. Being a human being is serving people because when we serve people, it opens the door for God to move. It opens the door for God to move. So I want to challenge us today. I believe revival can break out in this church and in all churches across America, if we decide, you know what, I'm going to be a POD. I'm going to be a priest on duty. I believe that we need to give our, we need to give our heart. We need to have compassion and empathy. And we just need to love people exactly where they're at. I, I love the phrase, you know, come as you are, but I certainly don't want you to stay as you are. 
Man, I want to provide hope. I want to, I want to, I want to be able to just direct people to Jesus the best way I know how. And I've missed the mark many times. I've missed the God appointments. I've, I've missed the opportunities. But can we just give our heart? And friends, the more we give our heart out, the more it's going to get broken. And that's okay. That's the risk we got to take. To say I'm a POD. Sometimes it's like I'm a POD, you know. Just give your heart. But I also want you to give your time. Give your time. I love that the good Samaritan, he saw him, he stopped, he bandaged him, put him on his animal, his donkey. I love that he stayed with him through the night. I love that he gave two months worth of wages so he could stay as long as he needs to stay. If he stays longer than this, I'll, I'll come back and pay you more. But I also love that he left there and he had to go do what he had to do in order to invest and fund into some more ministry. But will we invest in our time? But also, will you, will you give your money? Will you say, Lord, here am I. Am I, am I setting us up for legacy next week? I'm setting you up for today. I'm setting us up for the drive home. I'm setting us up for Monday morning. That God said, man, what if our, what if our money became a ministry tool? I mean, what if we could leave an impact in people's lives? See, this, we, we were sitting in Luke chapter 10, verse 26, uh, 25 through 31. In Luke chapter 10. But if you go, if you have your Bibles and you flip a page back in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, this is what it says. After the Lord appointed 72 others, disciples, he set them ahead of him two by two. <laughs> Probably because Jesus knows the Good Samaritan story, right? Two by two into every town and place where, where he himself was about to go. And he said, gentlemen, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Can I put it in our context today? Jesus said the harvest is here, but the PODs are few. And I really begin to pray about this. Say, Lord, like, like I, just, I see stats. I see, I see churches. I, I've talked to, I, we coach and pastor uh, uh, other pastors. And I keep hearing this a lot of times. I keep hearing people are MIA, missing in action. People are, I mean, since, since COVID, since the lockdown, since, since online, since, since this and that, or, or, or you know, or either they're, they're, they're not here or, or they're out there. And it's just all these different things that I hear and hear and hear. But I am convinced that people aren't just missing in action. I really believe people are missing in anxiety. We all need to be reminded we are P-O-Ds. Kind of had a phrase I didn't put on a slide, but anyone can be a P-O-D. And that rhymes because I'm a good pastor. <laughs> but anyone can be a P-O-D. I love that Jesus chose a Samaritan. Can you choose someone religious or holy or, or had the title or I serve, I volunteer? He chose someone who everyone hated and said, man, the people you hate are making a difference. 
Man. Because of the veil, because of the... I can go so much in there. I read it, as I keep reading through this, the Good Samaritan story, sometimes we can view that scripture and say, I'm the Good Samaritan. That's why I'm going to walk out of here. I'm the Good Samaritan. Anytime I see someone inside the room, I'm going to do it. I'm going to help. And that's great. But the, the entire reason Jesus told that story so that he could share that he was the Good Samaritan. And we're the ones who are lying in the road. We're the ones that have been beaten and robbed. And things have been taken away from us. We're the ones who look like we're dead. And friends, I tell you that not because we go, thank you, Jesus, right? But I tell you that because until we see Jesus as our POD, we'll never be a POD. Until we're neighbored, until he neighbors us, we won't be able to neighbor. We won't be able to love others. And I think that's maybe the final connection to end this collection of talks. You know me, I preach and scream and tell stories. And I really believe there's a mandate from God for our church here on out to say, I am a priest on duty. Anyone can be a POD. So you do me a favor, will you stand with me, please? And I don't, I almost want to be quiet for just a moment. But if you're standing in this room and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready to be a literal priest on duty. I'm not a priest off duty. I'm a, I'm a priest who's willing to get my hands dirty. I'm willing to get messy. Man, I'm willing to love people. I'm willing to not judge, and, and I'm not really, I'm not really to pick and choose my ministry. But I'm willing to be a priest on duty. But if that's you today, worship team, I want you to come us, bring us into a song. But if that's you today, it's not between you and I, it's between you and him. Because we're reframing it, right? But if that's you today, I want you to just raise a hand and say, I want to be a POD. I want to be a POD. I want you to keep your hand up. It's just not like a Sunday school uh, thing. This is like, I'm, I want to be a POD. I'm sick and tired of just, man, not making a difference. I'm sick and tired of, of seeing my community or my city. I, I'm sick and tired of, of seeing my church this way. I'm sick and tired of seeing my workplace. I'm sick and tired. And say, you know what? Instead of getting tired about it, I'm going to do something about it. I'm a POD. I'm a POD. I'm a POD. So come on, worship team. Abby, sing a song. Come on, George. I don't want you to just raise two hands as an act of surrender. Because, friends, we cannot be PODs unless Jesus is first our POD. And as you have your hands raised, I want you to picture yourself dead on that side of the road. To my one and only.
sinners you died for us thank you for paving the way i thank you that you're the kind of god you you did it first we fall by your example so i feel like hey this is like a pastoral service right like i now hereby declare you as a priest who is always on duty you are a priest on duty you can influence people I cannot influence. You can reach people I cannot reach. But God has you exactly where he wants you. Now, the only thing I can offer is a place to serve, to greet, to sing, to, to hug, serve in the 18. Connect one day in December. That's what I can offer for you to give all those different things. That's what I can offer. And can I just tell you, this is a safe place to do that. It's a safe place to screw up, to mess up, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. It's a safe place. Trust me. It's a safe place. It's a safe place. But also, your ministry starts the moment you walk out of this room. And we're not just going to do random acts of kindness, but we're going to love people to Jesus. And that should fill every church in the United States of America. But until we're neighbor, it's hard to love our neighbor. With every head, just put every head down for just a moment. Let me pray. But if you're here today, and you feel like you're like that, you're that man or woman on the side of the road. I like it said, they, it felt like they were dead. They thought he was dead. And you feel so dead on the inside, spiritually dead. No purpose, no hope, no joy. You don't enjoy your days. You don't enjoy your mornings. You don't enjoy your evenings. You don't know what you were created to do. I want to kind of fast track you, if that's okay. And say, will you give Jesus your heart? But not only will you give him your heart, but will you say, I'll be a priest. I'll be a priest on duty. Because friends, can I share with you, some of these priests 
that have been on duty for years and years and years. Sometimes they got holy huddles and they're only friends with other priests, but you have such greater influence that can leave such an impact in Sin City, in your neighborhood, in your community. In Jesus' name. So if that's you, I just want, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray a prayer with you. And then we're going to completely close out service with Pastor Lindsay. So stay in your seats for just a moment. But if that's you, just put a hand up, put it right back down. That's you. Say, hey, I'm ready. I want to give Jesus my life. I want to give him my life. I want to give him my life. Yes, yes, yes. I see it. Yeah. Anyone else? Yeah. I'm so proud of you guys. So let's pray a prayer together. Because we're priests together. Amen. Say, dear Jesus. Everyone lift your voice. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to be on duty. I'm going to be a priest. I'm going to glorify you. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, give God a clap today.